A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County takes senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 90 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Click and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We head to the mound today for our 2022 starting pitcher preview with two more great guests. But first, let's bring in my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, man? Man, episode 90, we're only 10 away from 100. It seems uh, a little surreal. I know, it feels like we just started, and now we're already at 90, so it's kind of cool to see how far we've come it's been i guess we started what november of 2020 yep so wow it's been uh 15 16 months so it's been a good ride and i feel like it's just getting better and better so again appreciate all the support 90 episodes we'll be at 100 before we know it so that's kind of exciting and yeah Yeah. you mentioned that we got two good guests that are going to be perfect for this episode as we talk about starting pitching so really looking forward to that well we have one great guest, and then like there's this other guy that we have on that's not even paying attention right now. Look, look at the screen. There we go. We're doing the intro. What do you want me to do? This guy's like on his phone, like peacing out. No, we we do have two great guests here today. Our first guest is the co-host of the SP Streamer Podcast and the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast, along with a writer here at Fantrax HQ. The awesome Lauren Auerbach is in the toolshed today. Lauren, how are you? I am doing well, guys. I'm so happy to be back in the tool shed with y'all. I think last time I was here, we were at the the tail end of last season. So it's good to be joining you guys as we're getting as we're gearing up for the new season that will hopefully start on time. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it feels like just yesterday, like Mm -hmm. tail end of last season. Now we're, you know, getting in the mid-February here and Hopefully, spring training comes It must soon. have been the playoffs, right? Because we were talking about the Braves' potential I think run. so. Yeah. And, and now that went well. World Series right? champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. He's got the uh-huh. banner in the background. Uh-huh. Although, so, I, there was a little wah-wah today because I saw some news about, you know, Freddie Freeman mm, and the Yankees. And I'm just like, mm. I think I think that would upset everybody in this podcast <sighs> because – 
I'm a Red Sox fan, and obviously don't like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Freeman's one of like my five favorite players in baseball. I love Freddie Freeman, so don't want him to go to the Yankees at all. That'd be a disaster. He'd, he'd yeah. be great in that ballpark. His left-handed power at, at uh, Yankee Stadium would be phenomenal. But yeah, I don't want him going to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Then we, and then we have a, a Mets fan over here. Who I'm assuming doesn't like the Yankees, but I don't know. This guy doesn't like like Kelnick and and pancakes, so who knows <laughs> what he does and does not like. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, our next guest here is the man behind SP Streamer, a known hater of Jared Kelnick and pancakes, and the only fantasy analyst that has a mask of his face floating out there somewhere in Mike Kerwin's <laughs> office. The one, the only Michael Simeon. Michael, what's going on? That mask is not my fault. <laughs> uh, he, not. That, that dude is just a weirdo. <laughs> that is definitely not your fault. Though you you did lose the who wore it better poll on Twitter between yourself and, and Curlin. So like it was like 70% went to Curlin. So so I mean would you whatever. would you would you be the number two overall pick in the uh, Michael Simeon draft? Is that how this goes? I mean, no matter what, it'd be better than Kalenic. <laughs> Hey, pronounce his name right. Anything baseball. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong on purpose. I know. Put some respect <laughs> on that name. We, we have to make a follow-up bet to last year's bet that you didn't even. We didn't even do it. <laughs> I know. That was on you, buddy. I was. I, I brought the shirt. I, I was distracted shirt. by my, my roommates. I, I didn't that, have time that, to get a Sharpie. That's very fair. That is very fair. <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the show, though, today, the usual housekeeping, you could find us all on Twitter. Lauren is at LK Auerbach, A-U-E-R-B-A-C-H. Michael is, of course, at SP Streamer. Chris is at Rotoclegg. I am at Eric Cross 04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoyed this podcast or the awesome SP Streamer podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio we have on the Fantrax HQ network, including our 2022 draft kits. And finally, in honor of the SP Shimmer podcast duo joining us today, we will be giving away four SP Shimmer draft kits that will be out on February 14th, so next Monday. Uh, to be entered to win one of these draft kits, tweet uh, tweet at us at Fantrax Toolshed with your favorite pitching target for 2022 uh, bonus points if you somehow fit in some dig at Simeon for his weird Kelnick takes there. <laughs> you, may, you might get bonus points there. A better chance of winning. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, just yeah, tweet at us with your favorite pitching target for 2022 uh, through the end of the weekend. So, so you, you'll hear this on Thursday. So you get through the end of the weekend. We will pick uh, four winners randomly on Monday morning, and you will get the awesome SB Shimmer draft kit. What can they uh, look forward to in that draft kit, Michael? Um, yeah, there's a ton of stuff in there. Um, our draft strategy section is like 70 pages long. Um, we got a that, whole thing. That on... was Jenny Butler, right? No. <laughs> Dave McDonald. Oh, oh, Dave McDonald. Sorry. Yeah. Dave yeah, McDonald. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, we have a whole section on streaming. Um, we obviously do ranks for all positions as well as prospect ranks. Um, we have like mini deep dives on a bunch of pitchers. Um, we also have a couple of, um, like I guess sleeper, I guess you call them sleeper picks for position players as well. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm so bad at self promoting. Uh, there, <laughs> there's a there's a lot in there. Oh, we added like a DFS section. We basically cover nice. everything you could possibly think of in there. And Mike Curlin's in it. <laughs> yeah, he is. Not next year though. <laughs> this is last year. He, he worked his way out of it. 
<laughs> yeah, so de- definitely, even if you don't win one of those, go out and get that draft kit. It's a great, uh, got a great stuff in there, as Michael said. Uh, but let's get around to this week's episode. It's our 2022 starting pitcher preview. Let's uh, start right at the top here. And all ADP we will be talking about today is NFBC ADP from January 1st on for draft champions. And right at the top, you know, the n- number one and number two overall pitcher, Garrett Cole, 6.1, Corbin Burns, 8.1. Lauren, if you were looking mm-hmm. to draft the pitcher, you know, maybe you're in that mid to back end part of the first rounds, who would you mm-hmm. be going with there? Are you, are you a Cole fan or are you a Burns person? I'm a Cole fan. In fact, I, I did this in um, Cole fell to me in uh, the Battle of the Pods um, draft. And I wasn't expecting to to pick uh, a starting pitcher in the first round um, this, uh, this season. But, uh, you know, drafts never um, go the way you plan. And he fell. And so I, I went, I chose Garrett Cole. And, you know, this year, you know, pitching seems to be get pushed up more and more every year. Mm-hmm. What is your, your general strategy? Do you like to attack pitching early, get a couple, you know, horses at the top or, you know, well, yeah, what is just your general strategy for pitching? I mean, in general, I'm looking to walk away with kind of like two pitchers within the first six rounds. And I think that it always kind of varies um, year to year, depending on, you know, whether pitchers are getting pushed up and, you know, where you get them at in the draft uh, within yep. those six rounds. Uh, you know, like for 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 instance, this year, uh, even though I they just picked up Garrett Cole, um, you know, I don't think that you really need to reach, you know, for any of these really top guys, Um you know, one of the top five guys or so. I think that there are a lot of intriguing arms, uh, you know, later in the draft that I would be more than happy to kind of double tap and take as, uh, you know, kind of my rotation anchors. Yeah, no, definitely. There's a lot of intriguing pitching talent. That is for sure. And I actually, I'm in in, uh, the triple player, what do they call it? The triple Mm -hmm. players ball Mm -hmm. or whatever they call it. I actually, for the thing, I'm pretty sure the first time ever went four pitchers in the first five rounds. It was just the way... Because I went, uh, I had the 13th pick, went Bueller, came back around with Luis Robert, and then I went Sandy Alcantara, Emmanuel Classe, and then Freddie Peralta was still sitting there at pick 73. I'm like, mm-hmm. I kind of have to. I didn't want, I wanted to go hitting there, but I went Peralta. And I, I almost took Logan Webb with my next mm-hmm. pick because he was still there. But I'm like, no, I need a hitter at this point and yeah. went elsewhere. But yeah, I, I found yeah. myself targeting pitching a little bit more early on. And yeah, it depends how the draft board falls. Sometimes I'll still go hitter, hitter, and then maybe I'll get, you know, one of that second tier that we'll get into mm-hmm. later. But yeah, definitely been focusing on pitching earlier than I used to. I used to hate drafting pitching early. And now it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, Michael, how about you? Um, yeah. So if it comes down to the first round, I, I agree with Lauren on Cole. Um, I have them very, very close, but I think, right. Adding the DH, um, I think edges call out for me just because while I don't really think it'll affect Burns too much or the aces too much where you have to worry about it, I just think it's a little more of an edge to Cole because we already know that like he could handle nine hitters, you know. Um, I don't think you go wrong either way though. I think they're both (laughs) no no brainers. Um, We're 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 nitpicking at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then for drafts, again, I agree with Lauren. I'm taking like two in the top, uh, probably first five round, five or six rounds I'm taking two. Uh, and then I'm focusing on hitters. Um, and I try to grab an RP as well. Yeah, I was about to ask yeah. you. I know we're not, we're not talking really pitchers today, but do you, one of those, you both kind of said two in the first six, which is basically how I am, is one of those two ideally obviously it's hard to tell with how drafts go but is that ideally one of those two going to be a reliever for you as well 
Yeah. It's certainly, yeah, well, th- yeah, this year, oh, yeah. I think it, especially since like re- you know relievers are just completely getting pushed up um, right now, and I think it's also like you need to know your skill as a manager. I am really bad at managing um, relievers and grabbing saves, so for me, um, I don't have a problem paying up. Uh, it's I'm paying up for that. Uh, you know, that draft cost, it's a peace of mind for me. So I know that, it, you know, barring health, I'm getting, you know, a, a ton of saves. Uh, so then I don't have to kind of like comb through later in the draft because I'm not good at that. So I, I definitely pay up. Yeah. yeah. I want to know who started this whole like pushing up relievers trend because it, it's gotten out of control at this point, though. Well, it's just because <laughs> of where we're at. That's yeah. all it is. Right. It's like I, I I just saw someone go pot what they call pocket fireman and went 15, mm-hmm. 15 turn was was a hater hater and Hendricks. I'm like, yeah. hey, can we stop? Like their ADP will be like thirteen and fourteen next year. Like, can we, can we all just like as an industry be like, all right, nobody can take a reliever before pick fifty. It's just like nobody, you know, make it so it's not you know an option. I'm just, I'm just yeah. But. It's funny because in my uh, triple players ball draft, we have a little chat going, and we said we said we were going to agree that no one take a reliever until after the fifth round and. Uh, Hendrick, Hendrick, that didn't happen. Yeah, Hendrix went. The, Hendrix and Hater both in the second. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I had to jump and get. Luckily, I got it with Diaz in the fourth because they were flying off at that point. Which I hate yeah. doing. I hate going I that high RP. Right, but it, that, that was it. me. I, 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 I got, I got Class A in the fourth. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, you have to do it. But Chris, uh, are you Burns or Cole, and, and how are you approaching pitching this year? Um, yeah, I do think Cole is gives a slight edge and and michael brings a good point about the the dh and while i don't think it's a huge effect it certainly is a a little effect and you know that could be enough to give cole the edge there so we've seen cole be consistent over the years we know he's durable we know he's going to give innings and we know what he's capable of and yeah he did you know have a little decline in the second half last year after the sticky stuff cracked down but you know i'm convinced that he'll be fine i i think he's the best pitcher in baseball for a reason and i'm gonna stick with that uh, from a drafting standpoint you know, it, I think you have to get them early. I played around with it actually in this draft because um, in the triple players ball that I was talking about, I started, I'm picking on the 14 slot, started Tucker and Luis Robert, followed by Simeon in the third. And then, of course, I had to take Edwin Diaz in the fourth. So no starters through four rounds. Ended up with Flaherty and Montas in the fifth and sixth. I was hoping, like I was pretty close, two picks from getting freed there in the fifth was kind of the goal to start out freed and then get another solid arm. But just didn't work out. So, Arms are going to be pushed up, and you know I just wanted to experiment with it and see what I could build here going mm-hmm. hitter early. But I do think it's pretty important to get an ace early, at least get one in the first two rounds, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. I I think I, I put out a tweet about I think there was like was it fourteen or fifteen arms that I felt good with being my ace. And like the last one, which was even a fringe inclusion, was Chris Sale. I don't even know if I'm fully comfortable with having him you know be my ace but it was like it ended with like that uh logan webb lucas g alito range like those guys I'd, I'd feel okay having as my number one but after that when you get down to like the musgrove manoa you know that range you know they're yeah they're very good i'd rather have them those guys as my number two though so um but with burns and cole i mean again we're nitpicking but i actually i i do lean burns i 100 agree that with the whole dh thing but at the same time, I would counter with that Burns has, I think, the easier, you know, division to pitch in. You know, the AL East is, you know, a notorious hitters division, hitting a lot of hitters ballparks up there, the Yankee Stadium and Fenway and Camden, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that might cancel it out. But again, we're nitpicking. I have them one, two, and they're very mm-hmm. close overall. So um, but I will lean Burns here. Uh, but with pitching, you know, we like to get a couple aces at the top, but there are some 
obviously there's a lot of risk with pitching, but especially with these next two arms, Shane Bieber and Jacob DeGrom, two pitchers that Dave McDonald will not be drafting this year at all, <laughs> unless, they, unless they fall to pick 450 for him. <laughs> uh, Michael, where would you feel okay drafting? You know, obviously, we know DeGrom has the el- lingering elbow thing. How healthy will he be? Bieber's coming back from the shoulder issue. His velo was down end of last year. So where would you feel okay drafting these two, or are you just out in general? Um, so DeGrom, I would be okay taking him in like, but it'll never happen in like the late third to early fourth round. Hey, where did um, we, Eric, where did we get him in battle of the pods? Fourth wait, round, right? Was that that league? Oh, no. Probably. I mean, he has been dropping. It's very possible. You know, we, we, yeah. We got, yeah. We got him in one league at like, it was in, it was in league two. that I, Yeah. It was in league two. I got him in 50, I think. Yeah, that one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I was in my in Battle of the Pods. I started off pitcher RP, so there's no way I was taking him anyway. Yeah. Um, right. Even if he fell, I couldn't. Um. But uh. Yeah. So there, I would take him. Um. Bieber, I'm not touching. Um. I just I don't fully trust a shoulder issue like his, uh, especially when he came back and didn't play well at all, and his velocity was definitely down now there's a counterpoint to that that he really should have been in like single a rehabbing but it was the end probably. of the season he did it anyway and that's probably why the velocity wasn't back but it was still kind of down even compared to 2020 um at the beginning of the year before he really got hurt um and yeah he pitched well but i just don't like to see my who would be my ace um coming off a shoulder injury uh, an injury that can certainly happen again, that he could aggravate once again and coming off a mile an hour, um, like lowered fastball at the beginning of the year. And then a uh, fastball that was lowered two miles an hour at the end of the year. So I just feel like there's too many question marks there. And especially right now you can't take them because we don't know what the heck's going on with him. Um, if he comes in spring training and he's back throwing, I think it was like 93 or 94 miles an hour back to 2020, then that's probably a different story. Then he would go on my board. I probably would take him still later than ADP. But um, as of right now, I just I can't touch him. Yeah, and, and for reference, I asked uh, Twitter polls on both of these. And the, for Bieber, 42% said top 40, while 20% said top 60, 11% 60 or later or not at all. Mm. And 27% still said top 25 for DeGrom, it was much more surprising. People are not worried about DeGrom at all. 42% still said top 20. 32% said top 35. 16% top 50. And then uh, the remaining 10%, 51 plus or not at all. So that was very interesting that still top 20 was the winner there. Uh, Lauren, what are your thoughts on these two? Yeah, I'm. I kind of uh, agree with with most of what uh, Michael said. I, with Bieber, I'm completely out um, on him. Um, I, you know, I think that I just I, you don't know what you're what you're getting, and I think I. I probably I won't be drafting uh, Degrom either, but I can see the the case that's made uh, for him in the sense that there is a a strong kind of track record, elite track record there. If he is, I mean, I don't think you should plan on full innings, but I can kind of get the argument that you know what you're getting will most likely be really good, but again, you don't know, and I think that. I can get behind that argument in um, 
you know, it depends on what your format is. I think if you are in a shallow league, uh, shallow redraft league, I can kind of be like, okay, get behind that. Or if you're in a league where you have lots of IL spots and you want to take a shot on DeGrom, I, I, I don't really have an issue with that. But I think that for me personally, I'm, I am out on both of these guys. Clegg, how about you? It's interesting. I mean, I'm definitely out on DeGrom. I, I'm not out on Bieber personally. Interesting. I, yeah, I'm still drafting Bieber. I'm, I'm honestly not that concerned. I think I, I, I'm encouraged that we at least saw him back at the end of last year. And even though the velo was down, I, I think it's pretty clear that he could gain it back. Obviously, that's a, a you know just an assumption that he should. But even if the velo stays lower, I think he can be successful. I mean, if he if he sits. You know, around 92 i'm not overly worried if it's if it gets around 90 then maybe when we start he was at 91 the last two starts so if he can get that back up to 92 then i think he'll be fine he was in ref for reference he was at 94 in 2020 but shortened season and in 2019 he was at right at 93 on the four seam so you know getting back up that range i don't think would be really difficult because you bring up a good point michael like he should have been rehabbing you know in in minor league ball and yeah. working on that stuff so I think the stuff's still there. The command's still there. Hopefully the shoulder's good to go. But yeah, I'd much rather have him than DeGrom in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Like I am, I'm, listen, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm never a hundred percent on anybody. Like I've even drafted Mondesi in the past. I will draft anybody for the right price if they fall far enough. Um, yeah. So if DeGrom follows me, like I think I'm in agreement with Michael, that kind of late third, early fourth range. I think they're at that point, their potential reward outweighs the risk. But if you have, if I had to pick one at ADP right now, which I wouldn't do at all. But if you made me, you know, DeGrom is at pick 24 on average and Bieber at 31. I would lean Bieber. I think there's a little less risk with Bieber. Obviously, they're both pretty risky, but I, I definitely would lean Bieber over DeGrom. But if I can, I'm either getting one of the, the you know, the six guys above them, meaning like Wheeler, Woodruff, Scherzer, Bueller, you know, Burns and Cole, or I'm waiting to the next tier we'll get into here in a second with guys like uh, Julio Urias, Aaron Noah, Giolito, those types. So this kind of like middle, I don't know if it's like tier two or just like this middle tier between the top two tiers with these two guys. I don't like getting into this tier at all. Moving on to that next tier, though, we have a nice little cluster here in you know round three of your drafts, uh, starting with Urias at pick 32. Aaron Nola right behind him, 0 0.05 behind the ADP. Sandy Alcantara, 35.4. Lucas Giolito, 36.8. Um, and then it kind of drops off a little bit. So it's really those four right in a row. Lauren, who is your favorite target out of those four for 2022? You know, it'd probably be Sandy Alcantara. I actually had I had lumped um, Logan Webb in there. I think he was the caboose of that for me. But I I, I would have gone with Logan Webb, but I, I can go on the fly here with. Um, no, no, go, with, go with Logan Webb. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I love Logan Webb, too. So, yeah, go with him. Okay. Yeah. No, I, you know, I like him. I, I tend to be a um, kind of a sucker for uh, ground ball pitchers that have kind of decent uh, strikeout rates. And um, this is kind of essentially what Logan Webb is. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but um, you know, he, he did end last season with, you know, 20.5% uh, percent, uh, K minus uh, walk rate, um, a 303 uh, ERA, a 313 uh, Sierra and a 111 uh, whip, you know, he, you know, I don't know. He's he's just I, he had a ground ball rate uh, that was just under 61 percent and a CSW rate that was uh, just under 31 percent. You know, his sliders light out lights out uh, his his fastball and changeup have plus vertical movement. Um, you know, I think with 
with Logan Webb, I don't know if there's a ton of a ton of upside, but I'm kind of buying into a part of this kind of, he's a part of the San Francisco Giants, which I think is a, is a good organization um, that they've mm-hmm. shown for, you know, in terms of pitcher development, uh, they seem to know what they're doing. So um, I don't know. I, I, I like him. He, he, he put in, what did he pitch? He pitched 148 innings last season. I don't know that he, you're going to get, um, say 180 innings out of him, but I think maybe something in kind of the 160, yeah. 170 maybe. And, and I, I like that. So I'm, I'm kind of all in on web this season. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. I think you can get close to 170 with him this year for sure. He seems like he's a guy that could take that next jump up there. And yeah, I do agree. I don't know if he's going to take that jump in performance and get up into the elite tier, but mm-hmm. I definitely think he can, you know, stick as like a, you know, back end ace for a long time. He, you mentioned the ground ball, right? He can miss bats. There's a lot of stuff you like there. And, he would have led the league in ground ball right if it wasn't for Fernando Valdez having like a seventy something whatever. Yeah, it was like seventy percent. Right. It's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Like he, he he led by like nine percent, which is ridiculous. So um, yeah, a lot of stuff that you like there with Logan Webb for sure. I love all the all these pitchers in, in general. But um, Simeon, who's your uh, favorite here? Yeah, I went with Aaron Nola. Uh, it's just because you know the we all know the underlying metrics look so much better than how he actually performed. We all know what he's done in the past and how he could be um, a really good pitcher. And I actually talked about him on uh, PitchCon, and I really think that the changing of the ball that MLB kept doing throughout the entire year really, really messed with Nola and his command. Um, And we all know Nola needs command. You know, he um, relies on getting strikes up in the zone, getting cold strikes low in the zone, and um, I think if you, you know, I'm hoping you would think MLB won't keep doing that with the baseball because it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and I, I think it hurt a lot of command pitchers last year. So hopefully they pick one ball and stick with it and it'll help those guys out. And I also think a lot of people forget that Aaron Noel is going to get you a ton of innings and he's going to get you 200 strikeouts. He does it every single season. Yep. So even if his ERA isn't, you know, ridiculously low, even if it's like a three, seven or a three, eight, it's, he's still extremely valuable. Like I just, I feel like he has one of the highest floors of pitchers in this, you know, in this area of the draft, just because even if he doesn't perform that great, he's still going to bring a lot of value to your fantasy team by getting you those strikeouts to getting you those For innings, sure. which you know, he's no doubt going to get. I wish he had a good defense behind him. Like put him in St. Louis. He could push top five pitcher status this year. I really believe that. Like that Philly defense was terrible, and that was a big yeah. reason. Why, you know, it wasn't uh, the hundred percent reason why, but look at all all the ERA indicators were a good run or run, you know one point two below his actual four six three ERA, right. and he had the second best K minus walk rate of his career last year at was at twenty four point six percent, which is very good. So yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. all in on uh, Noel this year as well. Chris, who's your favorite target here? Yeah, Nola's the only one I want in this tier, in my opinion. That's why I'd prefer to get one at the top because I, I I like the guys going a little bit later in this tier. But you mentioned, I mean, you said everything pretty well. From 2017 to 2020, Nola's ERA, 3.23. So you, you know what you're going to get out of them, even if it's not that low. All the ERA indicators you mentioned, 337. 337X ERA, 337 FIP, 337X FIP. And then mm-hmm. a three two six Sierra. He had the lowest walk rate of his career. The command improved swinging strike rate. His strikeout rate was the highest of his career outside of 2020, which is a shortened season. 
in my opinion, this is an easy buy. I think I don't even think he needs a better defense to be a top five pitcher because he's shown he can do that in the past. And if the strikeout stick, if the walk rate stays lower, I'm not concerned at all. So I'll have Nola on a lot of teams this year. And it's just weird. Like something was wrong there, but I felt like no one could figure it out because (laughs) I had him on so many teams and every single start he was pitching through four innings with no earned runs and like six or seven strikeouts. And then all of a sudden fifth inning, like something happened with him and he just like lost it. And like that happened so many times. I felt like, I just feel like he's, just still so close to being an elite, elite pitcher. And um, it's just a matter of, you know, it kind of clicking, I think. Yeah. yeah. I was at one of the, I went to, when I was down in Philly visiting friends and family, I was at a, a Aaron Nola start against Cincinnati. He had the uh, leadoff shot to India, but after that, like he settled down the next three innings or he gave up a couple of hits and was at a, about four or five strikeouts in that fourth, fifth inning. He just came unraveled. So yeah, definitely. I yeah. saw that. saw what you were saying firsthand. And it's, it's funny to go back to the how Emily was changing the ball. Like, can you imagine if any other sport did that midseason? Like, NHL, yeah, like, NHL is like, hey, we're going to use a slightly bigger puck now for the, for the next three <laughs> yeah. months. Like, but, you know, small, smaller basketball. Like, that was insane. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absurd. I had to say that. But, uh, um, yeah, so I, I like a lot of the target. I love Aaron Nola. Uh, one I've been getting a lot of shares of. It's got another one in the triple players ball that earlier today was Sandy Alcantara. You know, I love Alcantara. He's a guy, he has basically all the things I look for in an ace. He gives you the volume. He was one of four starters last year with 200 innings. Uh, he had 204 innings last year. The ratios were good. And he just really, once he had a little pitch mix change later in the season, started using his slider a bit more. The whiff rate went up you know, in 12 starts from 8-1 on, 304 ERA, 0.95 whip, 28.4% K rate, which was kind of down closer to league average earlier on the season. 52% ground ball rate. He was getting 6.7 uh, innings per start, which is great. And his ranks among uh, pitchers with 40-plus innings in that time frame, there was 113 pitchers, 8th best swinging strike rate, 3rd best O swing, 13th lowest contact rate, 24th lowest Z contact, 14th best K rate, 8th best K minus walk rate. So uh, I think those if those stick and he continues to you know use that pitch mix that he used later in the season, I think you could see – you know, that late season dominance really sticking on. He could be, I think he could be more valuable than Zach Wheeler this year or or very close. I think they could be very close and I love Wheeler too. So yeah, I'm definitely all in on uh, Sandy Alcantara here. I think I have him in close to 50% of my league so far, I guess my ace. So definitely all in Uh, moving on here a little bit further down uh, two of the breakouts from 2021, Kevin Gaussman and Robbie Ray. Uh, current ADP for this duo, Robbie Ray is at 45. Gaussman, another area is at 66, a little further down. But you know, there's a lot of you know differing opinions on these two whether you know you should buy the 2021 breakout or not. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll throw it over to you first. Are you buying uh, Robbie Ray or Kevin Gaussman at their ADP for 2022? No, completely out on Kevin Gaussman. I I just don't believe that that can stick. He's going to the AL East, worst ballpark. I just don't like it. I, there's nothing in there that screams that he's going to stick, in my opinion. And so I'm avoiding Gaussman at the cost. He's going a little high. And I had the chance to get him in a triple player, triple players ball. And it's I passed up on him. It? Yeah, I passed him <laughs> up on him in the sixth <laughs> round. I just couldn't do it. I mean, ADP of 66 since January 1st. I, I don't love that at all. Um, Ray, I actually don't mind. Ray 
is a pitcher that needed to do one thing, and that was to throw more strikes. And he did that last year. And I know it hurt him in the home run department some, but the strike rate was up significantly and it paid dividends. I mean, that's exactly what he needed to do. And he's moving to a pitcher's ballpark. And I think the Mariners are going to be a better team. So I haven't drafted him anywhere. I think the ADP is a little high for my liking, but I would prefer Ray to Gaussman. And I know that the ADPs are about 20 spots apart, but even then I'd still still prefer Ray at 45 to Gaussman at 66. Lauren, how about you? Um, I'm, I would probably sell both of these guys at their, at their current uh, rate. I think, um, you know, I think uh, Chris covered it both. Well, I think, you know, with, with Gaussman, um, I think that since 2019, he has made gains and he's, you know, in, in K rate, swing strike rate, you know, this kind of CSW rates, I think he's noticeably been better, better uh, than he was prior to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I don't think he's that much better where I can sit here and say, I'm not concerned about him going back to the AL East. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out on him. I think, uh, you know, and I'm also out on, on Ray. I think that, you know, he, he had a very good, uh, you know, 2021, you know, he was able to um, cut his, his walk rates into half um, to 6.7% prior to that. He's always carried double digit walk rates. Um, But that also um, came he was pretty lucky, you know, he had a 268 BABIP and, a, you know, a 90.1 left on base percentage. So um, I don't know. I think, you know, with him, there are guys, it's it's less that I'm kind of out on Ray and that I'm more interested in guys going behind him, <clears throat> like Freddie Peralta, Lance Lynn, Logan Webb. So those are guys that I would be choosing over him. Oh, for sure. I love Freddie Peralta. This year. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm, and he's another pitcher that I have a, Pretty high, you know, a lot of shares of him, probably like forty percent, if I had to guess. Um, Simeon, you on uh, either of this these duo here in twenty twenty two? Yeah, I'm out on both of them. Um, Robbie Ray, I mean, he's going to get your strikeouts, which is great, but um, I think he 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 made the the change to live inside the zone to cut that walk rate, but I think he's still doing it too much now. And um, his fastball does get crushed when he leaves it down middle, middle. Um, so I think that could come back to bite him a little bit this year where I don't think his ratios are going to be as good. Um, but I do think he's going to still be a good pitcher and still get you a ton of strikeouts. I just can't take him where he's going. I just think it's it's too early. Um, as for Gausman, I just I've never been a fan. Um, we all know about the whole splitter thing. I mean, sure, he could be an exception to the rule. Um, but it still kind of scares me. Now he's, as Lauren mentioned, he's going to the AL East, which you got to worry about. Um, he is weird. If you look at Savant's park factors, he's actually going to a better park. <laughs> you know, I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw pitching. That. Um, well, well it, they, it's because they put the humidor. The humidor. Yeah. yeah, that's why. Um, so which, so it, that's, it, didn't, it didn't affect Vladdy or Bo or T. Oscar or any of them, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's weird. I don't know if it was too small of a sample or Maybe. I don't know what, what went on there. Um, but I I still don't – I just – I can't trust him because if that splitter goes away still, he has, he's got a fastball and nothing else. You know, he's mm-hmm. really just a two-pitch pitcher in my eyes, and um, that's a tough pill to swallow that early on in drafts. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I kind of echo a lot of what all three of you said, you know, especially with – it's more so the – I don't think either of these two are going to be bad – 
but I think you're paying up for what they did last yeah. year. And I just don't think that's going to happen. You saw all the ERA indicators for both were more so in the mid three range. You know, there wasn't a big you know difference in the underlying metrics for Kevin Gaussman last year compared to previous years. So I, I don't think either can stick down uh, at the ERA they showed last year, more mid threes. Again, I think they'll be good. I think they'll still be, you know, top 25, top 30 arms, summers in that range. But yeah, like Lauren said, there's just a lot of other pitchers in that, the range where they're going like Logan Webb is right in the middle of him. Those two. I love Logan <laughs> Webb. So does Lauren, obviously, you know, Chris sale is in the middle of these two uh, Lance Lynn, Max Freed's another one in that range. So there's a lot of other arms. I just like more that I'll be targeting. Um, so I think everybody will be, there's at least one person in every draft I'll be in that will be targeting these two much higher than I want to. So yeah, I'm definitely out on both as well. Uh, let's wrap up the top 100 here with uh, the, our favorite value inside the top 100 maybe it's someone we've already talked about someone going to the back end michael who is your uh who do you think is the best value inside the top 100 this year in drafts uh so my pick's gonna be charlie morton um yes since, love it. since 2018 he's pitched 585 innings with a 3.28 era and a 1.11 whip as well as a 29 uh strikeout rate so um yeah he's just super solid i know a lot of people are like well he got hurt blah 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 yeah but it's not an arm injury so it doesn't really worry me honestly Um, the fastball was actually kind of going back uh towards 96 miles an hour which is great um you know we all know he has the most beautiful curveball in all (laughs) major league baseball um and i mean even if you look at projections they as well kind of agree i mean 100 uh atc has him for 100 Roughly 170 innings with a 360 rate and a 1.17 whip. Yeah, no, Charlie Morton is great. I saw both the uh, the Atlanta Braves fans in the house shaking their head. Yes, I think they <laughs> you there. Uh, Lauren, who's your uh, your favorite value pick in the top 100? My favorite value pick is Luis Castillo. Um, you know, he's going just he's going at 80 about around 84, 85 ADP. So he's kind of just inside that 100 uh, mark, <clears throat> and he's someone that I think that he's been dropping. I know. Um, for, for, I think for one reason, I'm, I've always been a big fan of him. Again, you're getting another, uh, ground ball, uh, pitcher here with a 26.2%, uh, career, uh, K rate, um, you know, and his issue, and I think it scares people. He, he just, um, he has really bad, like starts to the season. Um, you know, and I have seen, I've seen it written up. It's not clear to me whether it's just because he's a slow starter or if it's the cold weather or if it's maybe a combo of both. Um, and he had a really bad start this this uh, this past season in 2021. So um, I don't know if people are. And I mean, he, he does have, I guess, uh some some command issues but uh you know he had a much better second half than uh first half um of the season last year and i just think that he's someone that i know you can get innings from um i think like i said I, he has a decent a decent k rate um i think that you just maybe have to think that you just watch that that start of the season and I would love to see if, if he moved out of Cincinnati um I think that that's even more arrows up but I'm taking him still at Cincinnati I like him you get the innings uh Luis Castillo would be uh he's my value pick I think what's um interesting and people kind of forget though like everyone says cold weather slow starter for Castillo but in 2019 I just looked up quick because I felt like i remembered this mm-hmm. um in 2019 in april he had a 1.45 era and oh, wow. seven starts and seven starts hmm. so yeah there's kind of that narrative with him but i mm-hmm. feel like 
he has pitched really well in April before, so mm-hmm. why can't it happen again? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Go. Chris, I have a feeling I can almost guarantee you're gonna pick one of two guys. Let's see if I'm right. <laughs> Who, who's your? It's either gonna be Max Fried or Jack Flaherty. Am I right? No, it's Joe no. Musgrove, baby. <laughs> oh, Joe Musgrove is a Damn. great value. I, he <laughs> look, he had a three one eight ERA last year. He made tangible change. I think he's gonna stick near thirty percent strikeout rate, and he's going right now around pick 71. He has been moving up a little bit this draft season, but I love getting Joe Musgrove as SP two. Um, you're at to pay up a little bit. I think he just went 55 in the DCM in right now. So I think that was the new men, but, uh, yeah, I, I love him. I think that everything that he did can stick, even if he has a, a slight regression, I still think he's a mid three ZRA type and the strikeouts are there. The commands there, he's going to be a fine pitcher. And I think he's being slightly undervalued. So if I can get him around pick 70, I'm gonna do that all day long. Yeah, Musgrove is a guy I think I'm higher on the most as well. I think I was one. Of, I think you and I were like two of the higher ones in the uh, fan track staff rankings, which I should actually pull up and I can right now. That Lauren yeah. Lauren for, was also a part of. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, I saw Eno tweeted about it today about his rankings with like the stuff plus command plus, all that stuff, and he had Joe Musgrove as his tenth starting pitcher, so Ooh. that could easily yeah. lead Musgrove to ADP to take a big jump there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, you were the highest. Uh, Chris, you had him at fourteen. And I had him at 16. So you were, uh, where did Lauren, where did you have him? Who did I have? I'm a little bit lower on Musgrove. Uh, 20, so. 23. Yeah. It's, still, it's still good. Still yeah. good. Um, that, that's another range he's in. He's probably 20th, give or take a few spots out of the way. So, um, yeah, definitely like Musgrove a good amount as well. I'm going to go Trevor Rogers here. I think if he didn't miss time, you know, he missed like a month or month and a half, whatever it was, about six, seven starts, you know, near the end of last season for a, a personal issue he had going on. If he didn't miss that time, I bet you his ADP would probably be a good 20 spots higher than it is right now because he looked very, very good last year. 264 ERA in 25 starts. Uh, had a one what was a 115 whip, th- uh, 28.5% K rate, 20.1% K minus walk rate. Uh, a lot of his ERA indicators were in the you know 3-3 range, so a little higher. I don't think he's going to be a 2-6 ERA you know, pitcher again, but he's a very good fastball. Locates it very well. Has good command of it. Can miss bats with it as well. You know, can miss bats with his changeup and slider as well. At a forty point eight percent whiff rate on the slider, thirty three point seven percent whiff rate on the changeup, which is his best pitch last year. One ninety nine batting average against on the change. So uh, I definitely like. I like a lot of what I'm buying. The cool, I'm drinking that Kool Aid down there in Miami with pitchers. I said Sandy Alcantara and now Trevor Rogers. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely be getting a lot of Trevor Rogers this year as well uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break we'll come back on the other side and get in some more picture talks don't go anywhere Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get in some ADP 101 to 150. A lot of additional intriguing names in this range, including a lot of young pitchers here. 
Uh, four in general we want to talk about here. Alec Manoa, actually, he's actually going a little bit before 100, but I, I lumped him in with these guys. Alec Manoa, Shane Boz, Shane McClanahan, and Logan Gilbert. Yeah, Logan Gilberts. Um, apparently, that's a tongue twister for me. Uh, so yeah, four very talented young arms all showed you know pretty good promise last year. Manoa especially. Uh, Boz came up for a trio of starts in the last season. Uh, Logan. Uh, Lauren, I'm calling you Logan now. Logan. I'm getting all tongue-tied. Logan Arbach. Mm-hmm. All, yeah, Logan <laughs> I'm getting mm-hmm. all tongue-tied here from Logan Gilbert, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you in on any of these four at their ADP? So, uh, which is, yeah, Manoa is at 96, McClenahan 103, uh, Shane Boz 122, and Logan Gilbert 138. Are you targeting any of those four this year? I'm kind of in on all of them, honestly. I, I you know, these are all guys that, you know, having done a handful of drafts, um, they're all targets of mine. I think that um, there's a lot of potential in these guys. And I think that um, the one that may fall a little bit, depending on um, kind of the format that I do, um, like if I did a draft and hold, then, um, you know, Boz probably goes a little bit later just because, you know, kind of innings concerns, but I, I really like all of these guys and um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all of them at their ADP. Simeon, how about you? Yeah, I like all of them as well. Um, I think uh, Manoa has three really good pitches with a insanely good slider. Um, his in-zone whiff rate was just as good as Garrett Cole's. Um, I really like Shane Boz. I mean, the fastball is amazing. Um, I think the only question with him is the innings limit, obviously. Yeah. Um, McClanahan, too, I really like him as well. Um, finished the season with really good underlying numbers. I know that fastball was a little shaky and did let up some hard contacts, but – his stuff plus rating was higher than Zach Wheeler's last year. And um, Logan Gilbert, I love him. Um, really good fastball, two great breaking pitches. I think he finally figures out that pitch mix this year and definitely takes a step forward. Clegg, you winning all, all of these guys as well? Um, honestly, I'm not drafting Boz, even though I think Boz can be a top 10 caliber arm because of the innings. I just, I, I don't trust the Rays. I think they could start him in the minor <laughs> leagues for all we know, which would be nuts, but it crazier things have happened. I don't really see him breaking 120 innings. So that's my only concern yeah. with him. Which you got to build think, around him. Yeah. I yeah. think mm-hmm. you can get a, a really good 120 innings, but I don't know. Yeah. At that price, I'm not sure I want 120 innings. I do like Gilbert a lot. He made some some great changes down the stretch and was pretty stellar in, in September. Flew under the radar, but his swing strike rate in September jumped to 14.4%. So that's pretty dang good there. And, you know, low walk rate as well. McClanahan, you mentioned. The whiff rates on all of his pitches are extremely good, and that's also something that stands out with him. I think he had, yep, so he almost had three pitches with a 40% whiff rate. The slider was at 39.9, and he had the curve and change up over 40 there, so really solid with McClanahan and Manoa. Yeah, I mean, I think Manoa's capable. We saw what he was capable of and really do think that he could jump, take another step forward and be a, a top 15 arm. Yeah, I, I like all four of these, especially the two Sheens. Uh, I, I just wrote an article about them on Fantex HQ about a week ago. Yeah, yeah you, you mentioned that's one thing I included in that article was that McGlennahan was just that 0.1% off of being the third pitcher uh, last year to have three offerings with a 40% whiff rate or better. Simeon, I'm putting you on the spot. Who were the other two that had three pitches with a 40% whiff rate last year? Hmm. Um, DeGrom? Nope. What? Did nope. he not? Maybe, maybe he didn't meet the minimum. 
Yeah, he probably I, didn't meet the I, I don't even think it was that. Let me let me look it up though. But yeah, you know, he was. Um, oh, I feel like they're weird because you're asking me. Um, <laughs> oh. All right, I'm gonna take what, a shot. What, what, what Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta. Nope. Okay, Dang, that's a good guess. Um, One of his teammates, though. Corbin Burns. Yeah. Mm. I was. I was. Is Cole one? Nope, Cole was not one. I was gonna say I feel I don't think it'd be him either. And, and, and no, Degrom De missed on his fastball. Degrom had two that were over forty, but the fastball was only thirty. Yeah, only and Degrom's De two over forty were forty-seven point three and fifty-eight point one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ridiculous guy. He doesn't need to be over forty right. with the fastball. I'll, I'll give you one Just hint. Uh, okay. uh, David Mendelson is very, very high on this guy. Uh, that gave us cease. Yeah, it was Dylan uh, Cease. Oh. He was the other. Cease. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but McClanahan was almost a third. Like I said missed by point one. Uh, so I'm I'm in on him. I, th- I think he could be. I don't think he'll be a, a great ratios guy. I think he'll be okay, like mid mid three year right type of guy. But I, I think the K rate can be very very high. Like I said in my article, I think he can be similar to another former you know hard throwing lefty with good breaking stuff that used to be in Tampa Bay in Blake Snell. I think he could be a similar type mm. of pitcher long term. Um, Shane, yeah, Shane Boz. I'm all in on Shane Boz, and yeah, the innings limit is definitely a concern. It's Tampa Bay, but. I also think that with a strong showing in spring training, he could definitely – I wouldn't put it out of the possibility that he wins a rotation spot because the back end is like, it's true, Rasmussen, he's fine. Luis Patino, he's fine. Shane Boss is much better than both those two guys. So yeah, I, I mean, he, he should, he's definitely better. Yeah. But does that mean they'll – Oh, yeah. I mean, right. who knows? Yeah, who knows? I'm saying it, it's possible. Yeah, regardless, I don't think he – even if he starts in rotation, I think his absolute ceiling is probably like 140 for innings, and he's probably closer to 120. But like you said, Chris, it could be elite – 120 innings like all the improvements last year the strike throwing the command he has four pitches he can miss bats with the, the heater curve slider and his changeup is his quote-unquote worst pitch that's still a pretty solid pitch that's at least a major league average offering so yeah i'm definitely in on all of these guys as well uh moving on here one more in this range that is a pretty intriguing arm zach gallon you know had some Good stuff in, in 2019, 2020, and the last year was dealing with uh, an elbow injury. So his ADP is, you know, it's, it's fallen, but not as much as I thought it would. He's still going off the board uh, at pick. Where'd he go? Right at 130 overall, right in between guys like Pablo Lopez. So that's too high for Pablo Lopez. Uh, Tyler Molly is again the guy I like in that range. Uh, Carlos Rodon and Sean Manai are going right after Zach Gallen. Michael, are you in or out on Zach Gallon at that ADP this year? Yeah, I have a weird relationship with Zach Gallon. Um, <laughs> I like go back and forth with him constantly. Um, I will say when he came back from his injury, he did look healthy. Um, I think he did perform better. Um, but then on the other side of it, it's kind of weird. He went fastball heavy. I don't know why. I don't know if he was trying to compensate for something. Um, I just think overall is a very weird season for him. Um, but with all that said, he does have a career of 3.46 right? So he's typically very good. Um, so I don't know. Some days I like him. Some days I don't. <laughs> the worst answer I could possibly give you. So it <laughs> no depends, depends on the day. Right now, I don't think I would. But you could ask me tomorrow and I'll probably be like, yeah, I'll, I'll get him. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, we'll, have, we'll have you back on next week. Your answer will be All right, sounds <laughs> Lauren, how about you? Are you in on Gallon this year? I would say I think so. I mean, I'm a little bit less wishy-washy than Michael, but I'm still like, I'm like, I think I am. Um, you know, I think that there is some injury concern. 
Um, but, you know, he was still able to turn out 121 innings last season. And um, he did come out. I think the thing for me is that um, he was able to kind of, you know, log those innings and he had, he came on really strong at the tail end of the season, uh, especially in his late, uh, his last eight starts. Um, you know, he had a, he had a 319 ERA on uh, 113 whip and, you know, he's, he's, he has this pretty deep arsenal. So I think that the, you know, the stuff's there, the, the, the pitches are there. I think, um, also in this one thing is that Dr. Dave McDonald is in, <laughs> On Gallon, and we all know that he's one of the most risk averse fantasy players. So I kind of am like, if Dr. Dave is in, then I'm in. So I, I I think I am in on Gallon actually now. <laughs> who, who do you, who do we think Dr. Dave? Who's behind the Dr. Dave account? <laughs> I, I still think it's Curlin, but you know. <laughs> no, I don't think it is because I side chatted Curlin, and he would have told me because he told me when he was the microwave. Did he um, ever admit that? Did yeah, he admit yeah, he that? Did. He did. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah, not yeah, publicly. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, <laughs> now it's public. <laughs> but I don't think it's him. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like, I have a weird feeling it's Justin. It could be Dave mm. himself. I'm not ruling out Dave <laughs> being behind the fake Dave account. Like, I, could I don't totally think Dave that. is that creative. <laughs> Maybe not, but yeah, no, Justin is, is high up on my uh, my power rankings here as well. Zach Waxman as well. But th- th- you listen to that episode he did where he pieced together bits of Dave McDonald saying things into a podcast. Did you, did you listen to that, Michael? No. You, you didn't hear that podcast he put out? When he, when oh, he, had, I, he had Dr. Dave on as a I guest. I started it and realized what, what it was. And <laughs> yeah, I, didn't really, I didn't really listen, though. I, no, I, I, really I listened for a few minutes, but it was pretty funny. I'll give him, give him that was very creative. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, Zach Gallo. <laughs> I'm ready to answer. I'm ready to answer. <laughs> Chris, hop in there. Yes, I'm ready to answer because I'm all in on it. All right. What you need to know is from uh, July 30th on that Zach Gallon threw the most pitches of any pitcher in baseball. If you look at his starts, 108, 99, 103, 101, 108, 94, 103, 96, 94, 101, 109, 100. There shouldn't be any injury concerns when they're letting them pitch like that. Lauren mentioned the arsenal mm-hmm. being extremely good, and you look at the whiff rates on him. I mean, the fastball was meh, and he did throw it a little too much, I think. But still, he only had 217 ERA, or sorry, 217 batting average against on that pitch, and he had whiff rates above 32% on the changeup, curveball, and slider. Also mixes in the cutter. So the deep arsenal, he's got the ability to to get whiffs, and I'm not concerned at all about his innings next year. So at this price, I'm drafting him. I want him in every draft because the value's too good. He's young. He's got a new pitching coach, Brent Strom. We saw what he did yes, in Houston. I was going to mention that, yeah. And I just think that we're going to see the Zach Gallon that we thought was a, a third rounder, you know, the previous year, like he's going to come back and you know, I'm, I want that on all my teams. That's why I have a lot of Luke Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been getting Luke Weaver and Hoping. some, you know, some of those other Arizona arms late. And now they, get, they just mm-hmm. signed uh Dan Straley. That could mm-hmm. be a, a late mm. DC target there. Uh, obviously he was uh, dominating over overseas. So uh, yeah, I, I'm also all in on Zach out. I've always been a Zach gallon guy. You know, it was one thing I've always loved about him that Chris mentioned a little bit was his deep arsenal. He has five pitches that he throws to both. You know, both righties and lefties. You know, he's got that slider, cutter, curve, change, fastball. So he, you really can't 
square up anything on him. Like, you, you really got to be ready for five different offerings that are all pretty damn good. Like the cutter didn't have great numbers on it. Um, and he gave a, you know, a random 667 slugging on the slider, uh, even though it was only a 250 batting average against. But three pitches that he could miss bats with above 30%, and the changeup curve and slider. Yeah, fastball was pretty solid last year as well. Yeah, I definitely like Gallon. Love the new the pitching coach. It's a good pitching environment out there in Arizona. Maybe you won't get a lot of wins because they'll be terrible, but, you know, wins are fluky. We saw Brent Suter get 12 wins as a reliever this last year. So you never know. But, yeah, I'm definitely all in on Zach Gallon this year moving on to adp 151 to 200 uh, we have three names going in this range ranger suarez michael kopech and Tariq scooball that are all pretty intriguing you know suarez had a dump was one of the best pitchers in baseball uh coming on the stretch last year kopech has huge breakup potential and a lot of people like to think that scooball has a lot of breakup potential but i'm gonna give it over to michael Simeon here that's gonna tell you why that's not gonna happen <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think people didn't realize how atrocious that four-seam really is. Uh, it was, like, arguably worse than the league. Um, in terms of hard contact numbers and all that stuff, it just it was not a good pitch at all. Um, and not only that, he suffered from command issues on all of his pitches. Um, I felt like, you know, I did a little uh, deep dive on him on spstreamer.com, uh, and there is a lot of – a lot of bad there. I do think though, there is a lot of good there as well, where I think like in two years, he can be a really, really good pitcher. Um, he has a ton of strikeout potential, yeah. but I just think this year only in redrafts, um, there's just way too much for him to work on to take him where he's going right now. You know, if it was like much later, I could see you taking a shot, but where he's going right now, I just think it's too pricey because a lot of people love him and a lot of people are buying into being a sleeper. So he's really getting pushed up in drafts. Um, as for Kopech, love Kopech, really good fastball, high velocity. Um, might be a bit of a two-pitch pitcher, in my opinion, um, with some inning concern, but I think he's kind of priced appropriately where I would take a shot on him. And then Suarez, um, again, he's just – he was really good last year. Um, he does rely heavily on command. It's not like he has really good, like good stuff in terms of getting strikeouts. Um, but he was like top of the league in Woba against barrel percentage against anything in contact, you name it. He was towards the top. Um, so he clearly knows what he's doing and he's more of a crafty pitcher. Um, kind of like what Kyle Hendricks was for years. So I, I do like Suarez where he's going. If, if you were to take one of these three, Michael, who, who would you take? Um, I would take a shot on Kopech just because of the high strikeout upside. Yeah, same here. And I, I do think yeah, that I've seen him. He's shown a good curveball and changeup in the minors too, yeah, inconsistently. But I think if he can establish one of those two offerings to go with that fastball and that slider, and that slider could be one of the best in baseball. It's an absolutely filthy slider. Always has been, always will be. Um, yeah, I definitely love Kopech. I'm not, I'm not really buying Suarez. I mean, I think he'll be fine. I think he's going way too high. You're paying for you know a good amount of what he did last year, and I just don't think he can replicate that. And yeah, Scooball is a guy that I was not that high on as a prospect. Like I always had him like third out of three of the you know the big three there with along with uh, Casey Mize and Matt Manning. Then I kind of got in on him a little bit more, but yeah, I'm not really in on him at least not at his price. Like you mentioned that fastball was terrible, 291 batting average against, 611 slugging uh, against, 413 woba, 92.5 exit velocity, and yeah, the the command is terrible. Look at the look at his savant page. Go look at the slider. He hangs way too much. The changeup is all over the all over the place. Curveball is not great. It's just like 
maybe the sinker has some solid, you know, it's a, it's a good little, you know, heat map on the sinker, but everything else is not great. So yeah, I am not in on Scooball. If he fell like, you know, closer to pick 200, maybe just because of the strikeouts, but yeah, I'm not in on uh, Scooballs. So, yeah, I would definitely go Kopech as well out of this trio. Lauren, how about you? Same, <clears throat> same. I'd go Kopech as well. And I kind of line up, I'm out on Scooball. In on Kopak, you know, I think that there's just, especially, obviously, we're assuming that he's in the in the rotation there, right? Um, yeah. You know, because that that strikeout and whiff potential is is too good. And Suarez, I'm in on. He's really interesting though because, um, you know, he's someone who went from like the bullpen to to the rotation, but he was able to maintain kind of these these gains. He doesn't walk batters, um, like Michael said. He's kind of more of a finesse uh, pitcher. You know, he gets a lot of weak contact. So I, I am in on him, but I can kind of see him blow up a little bit. And, you know, like we talked about that Philly defense isn't the the greatest uh, behind him. So, um, but I don't know. I'm kind of willing to give him a little bit of a shot, but I can totally see if he blows up, I guess. So I don't know what that means really. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I hear you. I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same line of thinking. Uh, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I don't have much to add. I'm not touching Scooball. I probably wouldn't touch him even if he's top, if going around 250. I'm looking. Steven Matz is going 252. I think I'd rather have Matz mm-hmm. scooball. Yep. Kind of crazy. Yep, that's so fair. that's where I'm at. Aaron Ashby 259. Rather have him than scooball. I can keep going down, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I do like Kopech. There's just so many more intriguing arms below scooball, and I, I don't really get the reason he's been pushed up so much. It's interesting. I mean, after how poor of a season he had, I don't really get it personally. But it's because strikeouts are sexy. But as we've you seen. Can, Sexy doesn't always win fantasy championships. So no, you can you can find strikeouts <laughs> late if you want strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of bad pitchers that can strike oh, people out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's an easy no for me. And Kopech, I do think Kopech can be solid. I, I don't know how many innings he'll throw, but I think he's in that rotation, and he's definitely got upside to be a high end arm. We've seen that in the minors. I, I think that he's just kind of scraping the surface of what he can be. So I do like Kopech. I like. I think Kopech is almost as good of a pitcher of Shane Boz and someone you can get 50 picks later. I think they could mm-hmm. return some more value. I do like Sean Boz a little bit more. I think he's a more complete pitcher and he's shown the, you know, the command and control improvements that Kopech really hasn't yet, or he's hinted at him a little bit, but um, but I think he could take that next step. Absolutely. A uh, few more that are really interesting in this range. We'll kind of go through them a little bit quicker here. Uh, two that are very intriguing that I've been scooping up a lot, uh, right going right around pick 200 Patrick Sandoval and Jordan Montgomery ADP 196 and 198. Lauren, are you buying both these guys at this ADP? I am. Um, I like both of these guys a lot. Um, you know, with with Sandoval, again, it's like this theme with me. You know, it's it's the ground ball pitcher who's who puts up um, nice K numbers. Uh, he put up a career best swing strike rate last uh, season, 15.2%, as well as CSW rate of 31. Uh, he does, you know, so, I mean, his metrics are good, but he does have some command issues. Um, he did up his changeup usage last season, and that's his money pitch. Um, and so that's fared pretty well. It has a 139 batting average against it. And uh 51.4% whiff rate. And he his slider is also effective. Um, and that has a 188 batting average against it as well as a 38.3% whiff rate. And um, you know, I think in in terms of um Jordan Montgomery Montgomery, you know, I'm in on him as well. It's funny you look at his 2017 season, um, prior to him having the first uh Tommy John uh surgery, and it's 
very similar to the season that he just put up in, in 2021. Um, and so I think that he definitely, this is a baseline that you can see uh, from him. And I think that um, he could, you know, he could do better because his, his changeup um, this, this season, because his changeup and his curve are both, you know, the really good pitches. Uh, the whiff rates are uh, in the uh, 40% neighborhood. Um, and, you know, his, his sinker is not that great. It gets, it gets hit at the tune of a 359 batting average against it, but, and he's still throwing at 22% of the time. So I think maybe if he makes some changes there, um, you know, I think he's really close to unlocking um, a, a really uh, big breakout season this season. Chris, how about you? Yeah, Sandoval's an easy buy. I mean, if his if he had qualified, his swinging striker would have been the sixth best in baseball. That's pretty dang good going around pick 200. Uh, you even put out a tweet the other day about starters with individual pitch, uh, batting average you know below 125, slug below 250, and the whiff rate above 50%, and Sandoval's changeup is there. Uh, it's a, such a good changeup. Oh, it's and, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Arsenal's just well-rounded enough where he's going to be fine. The fastball is just an okay pitch. I mean, I, I wonder. I wonder. I'm just curious about the injury. I know we hadn't heard a lot, but I assume he's going to be fine for next year. And I just think that Sandoval could be a huge breakout next year. And I've seen some call him the Robbie Ray, you know, for 2022. And I think we could see him make a big jump like that. And you know, Montgomery, I've always loved just because he's a South Carolina Gamecock, and you know, going back to the days watching him in college. But he's really evolved. I mean, he's we've seen something out of him that he, he's really taken steps forward. And, you know, I, I'm in on him. I think the price is right. And even though he pitches in the AL East and Yankee Stadium, still posting solid numbers, you know, solid arsenal, the changeup and curve are both really, really good pitches. The fastball is a little shaky and sinker forcing whatever he throws, both a little shaky. But when you throw your best pitches the most, then, then you can get away with that. So, and that's what he does exactly with the, the changeup and curve. So, um, both interesting pitchers, both similar in some ways. And, both guys that I do like at the price. If, if you had to pick one, who would you go with? Uh, Sandoval, I think, has a little more upside. Yeah, I, I agree there. I like both. I, I included Montgomery in my starting pitcher targets after pick uh, – well, at the time they were going after pick 200. Um, he's since moved up. But, yeah, I, I should have included Sandoval. I'll, I'll admit Sandoval is a guy that I, I like. I was, I've been a bit lower on, but I kind of like more and more every time I kind of dig into his metrics. And But it's funny, whenever I go to look at his Savant page – I'd say 67 of the time I type in Pablo Sandoval instead of Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> uh, I, why? I, just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought I clicked on Patrick. And I clicked on Pablo. I was like, that's <laughs> well, it's not even that. I, I actually literally will type Pablo thinking I'm typing Patrick. I don't know why, but I do that over half the time. Just kind of, I always get, get a good chuckle out of that. But yeah, that change up is absolutely, it's one, it's one of the best pitches in baseball period, not just change ups, best pitches in baseball period. Like you mentioned that tweet I did. Uh, it's, it's an elite pitch and, the slider is pretty good as well. 188 batting average against 38.3% whiff rate. You know, both the, the sinker and the four seamer are kind of meh, but if you can take steps forward and with those two pitches and still have that elite changeup and a pretty good slider, uh, curveball is not great either. Curveball had a 467 batting average against and 800 slugging, though it's his least used pitch. Maybe he drops that. Who knows? But yeah, I, I like both these guys. Montgomery uh, had a gr great swing and strike late last year. Chris mentioned the curve and the changeup are both very good offerings. Uh, that sinker is just terrible. I hope he scraps that sinker. The four-seamer is a bit better than the sinker. So, um, But, yeah, definitely like Montgomery. I'm surprised with him being a Yankee that he's not getting pushed up more. So, yeah, I will take both. I will lean Montgomery here, but uh, I like both uh, at their ADP this year. Simeon, how about you? 
Yeah, I like both of them as well. I mean, you all kind of said it. I mean, their breaking balls are just ridiculous. Um, I would lean Montgomery, though, because um, I I think he's closer um, to taking that next step a little bit than Sandoval. And we also got to think, too, I mean, um, are the Angels going to go six-man rotation? Are they going to limit his innings? Um, I, I think the Yankees are going to have to rely on Montgomery because they're – rotation is has high injury risk um and then also to something that um i discovered um when i was preparing for another podcast was from july 22nd on uh montgomery had 12 starts um and he was mainly using his breaking balls and in those starts he had a 3.24 era and nine of those 12 starts he allowed one run or fewer wow um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And he also has consistently made a fundamental change by furthering his extension towards the plate every single year. Um, so I, I think he's just getting there. I will say in that stat though, that I just said about those 12 starts, he did have one start where he let up like six runs, but yeah, so that doesn't make the stat as much fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would lean Montgomery over Sandoval, but they're both really good. And I have multiple shares of both of them. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, ADP 201 to 300. We'll pick up the pace here as we round out the show. Uh, the one, before we give our, our favorite targets here in, the, in these next ADP ranges, the one name I wanted to talk about a little bit, though, was Jesus Lazardo. He's probably the name that gets talked about the most on social media in this group after you know, a terrible, terrible season last year. Uh, 661 ERA through 95 in the third innings. Uh, but always, he was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball coming up through the Oakland system now gets over to, to Miami where he showed some improvements last year still has you know the very good breaking ball 42.4 percent on the curve 188 batting average against change up commits bats as well but again another sinker four seamer that needs to both need to improve they both got hit very hard uh, batting average against above 330 on both and slugging against above 600 on both. So he'll have to really you know, fix this. But again, I'm drinking the Miami Kool-Aid, so I'm definitely in on his ADP at, uh, he's going near 300 now, 294. I think that's definitely very appropriate um, and definitely think he could like, outperform that by a good 100 picks this year. Uh, Lauren, are you drinking the uh, Lizardo Kool-Aid as well or no? I, yeah, you know, I am. I think that, you know, he's, he's a former top uh, prospect. He's still young. He's 24 years old, you know, and I think that he's in the right place at the right time to innate, you know, in terms of turning things around. We talked about, um, you know, the Marlins kind of having really good uh, pitching, you know, development um, kind of crew. And, you know, you talked about his, his, uh, he's got a solid pitch mix. You, you broke it down well. Um, and he's got, you know, that 95.8, um, you know, fastball velo, which, which is good. Uh, he does have some command issues. Um, but I think that he's, yeah, why not at this price? I think that sometimes in the fantasy community, we're really quick to write off uh, young players that just haven't yeah. really put it together. But I'm not sure that, you know, looking kind of, you know, at his time in Oakland, that he's really had kind of time to be kind of consistent. And, you know, baseball is a game of adjustments. And I'm not sure that um, he's really kind of had the time to do that. And I think that um, he can do that uh, in Miami. Yeah, very well said. Michael, how about you? Yeah, um, he's tough. I mean, he's kind of just a mess right now. Um, he still has that really, really good slider, though. I, I honestly just think he's a toss-up. Um, but I think he's worth 
going after because we all know his upside. Um, he's now with an organization who has done very well developing starting pitching lately. Um, and he does still have a ton of movement on his pitches too. So I yeah. feel like, especially where he's going, it's like, why not take a shot? Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends on team need as well. I mean, if you do need some of the high floor, obviously he's not the one to go to. Um, but if you have really solid pitching depth at this point and you want to take a shot on someone who could maybe take that next step and help you win some leagues, then Lizardo's definitely a solid option. Yeah, and if you want that high floor guy, someone going about 10 picks earlier, terrible 2021, but Kyle Hendricks is pretty affordable. Uh, yep. I have a draft. bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you know he's completely done. Maybe he's not quite as good as he you know was you know, a few years ago, but for 285 with that consistency, yeah, I'll, I'll get all the shares I can of Kyle Hendricks. Chris, how about you? Are you uh, in on Lizardo this year? Yeah, it's pretty easy for me to be at the price and – you mentioned, I think there's there's certainly risk and there could certainly go a couple ways, but we, we've seen what he can do in the minors being one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. The slider's still an elite pitch. I think the fastball is easily a plus pitch. And I believe that the Marlins can develop the changeup, which is kind of the missing link. He ended the season on a really, really solid note with that 11K game over five and a third innings against Philadelphia. So that was a fun way to end the season for him on a high note. I'm surprised I didn't shoot his value up, honestly, knowing how some fantasy drafters are. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can beat the price for the upside you can get with him. For sure, for sure. Uh, all right, we'll go rapid fire here uh, to close up the show because Grand- <laughs> Grandpa Simeon over there is about to fall asleep. He has to go, he has to go take his Metamucil. I didn't get say anything. Metamucil. <laughs> take your Metamucil and your, your giant pills and go to sleep there. Um, all right, so we'll go. It's rapid fire here. Give quick analysis. Lauren, who is your favorite pitcher, ADP 201 to 300? Uh, I'm going Alex Wood. It's more of a floor play, um, but it's kind of a high floor play. Uh, I think that he pitched really well. He had a career season uh, last year, I believe, uh, in that this uh, San Francisco Giants, um, you know, pitching development. And, um, you know, he's got a good kind of sinker slider combo. Um, and he's missing kind of a third pitch, but I, and he could be missing some innings due to, um, some health issues, but I think that that's baked in with his price. And I think that you can get, you know, probably like a one, maybe one forty innings, um, out of him. So, uh, I'm interested in Alex Wood. Michael, who is yours and why are you going with a Homer pick in Tyler McGill? <laughs> My pick Tyler McGill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw you his know, name on there. He's a man. I'm like, he's going McGill. No, I don't know. You know, um, yeah. I mean, the the problem with him is we don't know if he's going to be in the rotation. Um, but I mean, they also have a lot of risk in their uh, with their starting rotation. So he could easily he'll he'll get innings. Um, but yeah, it's Tyler McGill. I just love his stuff. Um, oh, I was right. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It is Tyler McGill. Uh, his, his fastball is really good. I think he's got uh, some good breaking balls to him. I found an interesting stat that uh, starters with a first strike rate over 62%. So that means getting a strike on your first pitch and a put away, put away rate over 45%, which means getting players out. Um, the, the pitchers who met that criteria was Julio Urias, Garrett Cole, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Tyler McGill. I like, I do like McGill too. I was giving you crap. I do like Tyler McGill, especially with this price going near pick three. He's going right around the same spot as uh, Luzardo. So yeah, definitely a good pick. All right, Chris, let's see if I can go back to back here. Chris, tell us why your pick <laughs> is going to be, Oh, who's Chris taking here? Oh, I don't know. Uh, hold on. Give me a second here. No, no, no. 
Why is it going to be John Gray? What the heck? It was John Gray. <laughs> I swear. I'm not yeah. going <laughs> I haven't even talked about them that much for you to know. So it's not like and, I'm over, over These are not on the show sheet. These three <laughs> no, can I attest swear. to this. Yeah. My response yes. should be telling about that. Okay. I mean, John Gray, New Home Park, which plays favorable to pitchers. I know people are going to pull the card. Well, he wasn't good on the road in Colorado. But what you have to understand is that people that play for Colorado have to totally change the way they do things at home and on the road. It totally affects them when they go on the road and you have to pitch differently at home. So John Gray was pitching two different ways, home and away. Now he's not going to have to do that. He's going to pitch one way for the entire season. And you go back and John Gray was an elite prospect in the draft. He was an elite prospect in general. And then the, he got rockied. I mean, what Rockies pitcher doesn't get rockied. And so now he's out of course field. He's in Texas and absolutely love it. So, Pick 250, I'll take John Gray all day. Yeah, me too. I love John Gray there. Uh, I will go with another guy with the last name Gray and go Josiah Gray of the Nats. Uh, ERA wasn't great, so that kind of has suppressed his draft cost this year. 540 ERA through 70 and two-thirds last year, but he pitched better than that ERA would indicate, and he had two pitches with a 45% whiff rate or higher. Slider was at 45 on the dot, and curveball was at 47.8. And both had a batting average against under 200 and a slug under 400 and a Woba under 260. So two very good breaking balls there. Uh, walk rate was a little higher than he had shown in the minor leagues was 10.7% last year. So I think that can come back down to, you know, seven to 8% range that he showed throughout the, both the Dodger and the uh, Reds minor league organization. So I think there's some nice breakout potential here and you can get them near pick 300 overall. So uh, I will go with the other gray and go, and go Josiah gray Going 301 to 400. Simeon, who's your favorite target there? Uh, it's definitely not Sixto Sanchez. Do we have time to get in, in on this? Or? <laughs> no, we don't have time. I need to go to bed. Um, my favorite target. Uh, actually, I, I want to just go with Dane Dunning. Um, I think uh, the sinker is okay, but he intrigues me with his breaking balls. Um, they both had a swing strike percentage over 18% last year. Um, the slider is just really good. Um, it's really good at getting, uh, hitters to chase outside the zone as well as, uh, having a high whiff rate inside the zone. Uh, he gets a ton of movement. I think he's got really good command. Um, I just think he, you know, good ballpark too. Maybe if he just happens to put all of it together, I think he could, uh, put out a really good season. Lauren, who's your person here? Yeah, I would, I would uh, take a dart throw on Luis Patino. I know it's it's the Rays, so I think that you may have to build for that. But in terms of innings, um, but he did uh, pitch 77 innings last season. Um, he has a little bit of command issues, but you know he brings the heat and uh, he works mainly off of a fastball slider combo, <clears throat> both of which have a sub uh, 230 batting average against it. Uh, you know he's young; uh, he's one of their top prospects, and so the, I think that if he can develop a third pitch, that would benefit him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to take a shot on, on one of these, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they know what they're doing down there. So, um, I'll take a shot at Patino. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They're, they're very good pitching development organization. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, Chris, who do you got? I'm going with, uh, Christian Javier. I, I think that, uh, he, that was one of my guys. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think we see him in the rotation this year in Houston. He's still young. He's just 24 years old. Anyway, he was kind of bouncing in and out of the rotation last year, but a pretty solid arsenal with the slider curve. The secondaries are really good. The fastball's solid as well, you know, 26% whiff rate on it. And it did allow a few home runs on the, the four seam, but I, I don't know. I, I think he uses the four seam a little much, but I think we could see that change a bit if with some tweaks in the arsenal 
And I think we could see a big tick up there. I mean, the K rate's already really good. He gets great spin on his pitches, gets good whiff rates. So in the rotation, I don't see why Christian Javier could not be a great starter. The return's pretty good value. Yeah, I absolutely agree. He was one of the guys I was going to go with here. Uh, and the other guy I'm going to go with is basically, I could say a lot of the same things you just said about Javier. I have always been a big Tony Gonsolin guy. I know he's probably not going to be in the rotation, start, but he might. Like, There's a chance he might be in the rotation to start. Now, there's a lot of other factors that go into that, but if he does get a rotation spot, I think this ADP is an absolute steal going after pick 300 at, where is he, 315 on average. Now, his, he's posted an ERA, his career ERA, uh, is 2.85 through 142 innings over three seasons. He has the uh, slider is a very good pitch. Splitter is very good as well. W- look at the slider and the splitter. Let's look at those two. Both had a whiff rate above 40%. Both had a batting average against under 120. A slug under, well, slug was 275 for the slider, 128 for the splitter. That's one of the best splitters in baseball. I know, you know, I'm kind of with Michael. I'm not, you know, really huge in the guys with that little line, the splitter, but that was his third most used offering. The slider is just as good. And he's got a solid four seamer as well. That gets hit around a little bit too much, but does have that really good splitter and slider combination. So it mixes in a pretty decent curveball uh, as well. So uh, if he actually does get a rotation spot, I mean, he's according to the roster resource he's in right now, but who knows? They have a lot of options, but he, he's a guy I've always been like, just give him a freaking chance. He's a very talented arm. So, I'll, I've gotten a lot of Tony Gonsolin so far this year. And finally, to round it out, Lauren, who is your deep league 401 ADP plus arm that you just have to have? Yeah, I'm really interested in Spencer Howard. Um, he's, yes. I mean, he's going like a five 590 or something like I think 590. So he's pushing 600. But I think that right now he's penciled in um, in the rotation in um, Texas. Uh, he's just another one of these top prospects that I think has had a really rough start, um, you know, in the majors. And, um, I think that he moved o- when he moved over from, um, Philly to Texas, I, you know, I was reading that he basically was saying he didn't, um, he didn't like kind of how he was managed when he was, when he was over in, in Philly. And I think that maybe this is a new place, you know, a change of location and maybe, you know, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, play well, I guess, you know, I think that there's, uh, he's a big strikeout guy, uh, in, in the minors. And, um, like I said, right now he's penciled in for a rotation spot. He's at going near pick 600. Um, I'll, I'll take a shot on that. Michael, who you got? Uh, yeah. So I feel like at this point in the draft, you're kind of trying to find those little things, um, in pitchers that you could take a chance on. And, um, I actually would go with Michael Lockett here. Um, So in the last month and a half, he put up like a three-year array. And what he did was he ditched his cutter and he went fastball changeup heavy. Um, And that last month and a half, he had a 29.2 strikeout rate and a 3.14 fit. Um, So as someone who doesn't really – I don't try and believe in pitch mix changes for that short amount of period of time. But again, I feel like at this point in the draft, you kind of look for those little things and hope that it carries on into the following season. Um, so I think if Waka kind of carries that over, it could be super interesting if he somehow becomes, you know, a, a higher strikeout rate pitcher. Man, as a Red Sox fan, I hope so. I was kind of questioning that uh, that signing, but yeah, I I, I think I, it's a good signing. Yeah, it was I low money. I, I, at first, I was like, "What are we doing?" But the more <laughs> I kind of thought about it, I was like, "You know what?" For that, what was it, five, six million, seven million, yeah. something in that range? It was low cost. 
Um, so yeah, definitely. I like him more than like Martin Perez. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a feeling Chris is going to snipe me on this one. I almost guarantee it. I don't think so. I think so. Let me guess. Ready? 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 Drum roll. <laughs> You're going Ruanzi Contreras. I'm not. No. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. going with a really boring pitcher, Dakota Hudson. I, I think mm-hmm. he's oh, love it. John. Yeah. I almost went with him. Yeah. I have like five shares of him already. <laughs> I mean, wh- why not at the price? He's another one. It's like, you know, just why not? Because I think he's going to easily return value. We saw the ground ball right up significantly. And he had a strong return, even though the fastball velo was down a little bit at the end of the year. <laughs> And the, he's not going to strike a lot of guys out. That's fine. He's just kind of boring, gets the job done. He's always going to be a guy that way outperforms the ERAs, like FIP and Sierra and stuff. But I do think he can be solid. He has an elite defense behind him in St. Louis. And give me Dakota Hudson. Mm-hmm. That's a solid pick. You know, you got that defense, obviously, is you, know, you can do worse, you know, with that defense behind you. That's for sure. Can't do much better. That's what they had five gold glovers last year. So was it five or six? They have six goal clovers. Five, three in the infield, two in the outfield, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so infield was what? Goldschmidt, Arenado, and who was the other one in the infield? Was it Edmund? Edmund, yeah. I think it was Edmund. Was it Edmund? Okay, and then obviously outfield was Bader and, uh, Bader and O'Neal? No. Mm. Oh, the, um, Carl, the Carlson hit one? No, it was O'Neal. Must have been O'Neal. Was it O'Neal? Okay. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, that's a good defense. Yeah. That's what that's what you need to know. Um, best in the league. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely was best in the league. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to go Rowan to Contreras because you know he might not be penciled in right now, but you know let's let's take a look at the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates predicted rotation, shall we? Uh, they have the ace <laughs> Jose Quintana, the ace with a 6.43 ERA last year. Uh, number two, JT Brubaker. I mean, like. He's kind of intriguing a little bit, but okay, he's not that good. Uh, Zach Thompson, meh. Dylan Peters, I bet you most people don't even know who Dylan Peters is, let's be honest. Uh, and then Bryce Wilson, former Braves cast off. Now he's number five there. So Contreras is better than all five of them, and it's not even that close. Um, had a really good year last year in the minor leagues. Uh, good good four-pitch mix, fastball changeup especially. So yeah, he can definitely break in. Maybe he's not there to begin with, but if you're in deeper leagues, best ball, draft and hold, this is you know, one of my favorite targets in this range. So I'll get a lot of Ruiz and Contreras uh, this year. I already have a lot of shares of him, and I'll get a lot more before the draft <laughs> season is done. But that will wrap us up so Simeon can go get some sleep here. Uh, Lauren, Lauren and Michael, thank you, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. This, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah, thank you both. Yeah, I was really happy to be here. It would have been better without Eric, but thank you. I know. <laughs> that, that damn Eric guy. <laughs> no, I think Carl said the same thing about you last week. He's like, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, he, 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 he did. <laughs> it's all good. We're all friends. All good natured ribbing here. So, yes. um, but that is going to wrap us up. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us all on Twitter. Lauren is at LK Auerbach. Michael is at SB Streamer. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I'm at Eric Cross 04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Drop that rate and review for both us and the SB Streamer podcast as well. And uh, join us again next time for our relief pitcher preview that will be out on Monday with the reliever recon team. So that'll be a lot of fun talk there. Um, but until then, everyone take care.
MEAC fans. It's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion?